It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby. Michael Pappas, the couch potato, is in studio with us as well. And uh, we'll hear from Michael in just a second. We, uh, the bulk of today's show will be a conversation with Hiflo Day. He is a, uh, a writer for the SB Nation blog that covers Oregon called Addicted to Quack, which is, I mean, that's funny. That's funny, right? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of a good pun. Huge so, fan. Addicted to Quack. They cover uh, the Oregon Ducks. So ch- be sure to check out addictedtoquack.com, the SB Nation blog for Oregon, for all of your uh, your Oregon coverage. If you kind of want to get a view of of what's happening in Saturday's matchup from uh, from their point of view. I know before we wanted to jump in, we wanted to kind of give an update on the fantasy leagues, the, the fantasy listener leagues, which yes. crazy awesome response, by the way. Absolutely. We've had, I think, 30? More than 30 people have reached out to me about the uh, the college football fantasy thing, which means um, uh, I've had about that with the NFL, and you know the NFL one is full on ESPN. So congratulations if you made the cut. Yeah, and uh, I've sent invites to everyone that has DM'd me or or emailed the locked on Auburn at gmail.com email address, and at the time of recording, right this second, there's five spots left in the league. So go sign up now if you've gotten one of those emails. The draft is going to be tonight, tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time. 7 p.m. Central Time. Are we doing that because there's games tomorrow? Correct. We were going to do the draft on Thursday, but we weren't going to finish in time for week one to count in our scoring. We would have had to wait 
until week two. So you fixed that. So I fixed it. We're going to do it tonight. And then our week one matchups are going to be set. Don't start anyone on Florida or Miami or, I guess, Arizona or Hawaii. Cool. And I think I'm going to make the NFL draft uh, Monday night at uh, at 7. And if you're one of the people in the league, like we said, there are other people who want to join. So if you can't participate in the draft, it, it would be rather noble of you to give up your spot. The NFL season begins next week, which means Crossover Wednesday will be back for the entire regular NFL season. You'll get a special episode every Wednesday as the hosts from Opposing Sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast, and be sure to not miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment, once again, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Fetch Me. They are run by an alum of Auburn and have the greatest variety of restaurants to order and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. If you are looking to have your family meal delivered in less than 40 minutes, you need to go to Fetch Me. Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants, groceries, and coffee. I have to say Fetch Me also has the friendliest and fastest service in town. Fetch Me does that because their mission to change the delivery experience by ensuring each order is delicious, accurate, timely, and most of all, you have a great experience. Fetch Me is the best in the business. Go check out Fetch Me at FetchMeDelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 to get your first delivery free. That's FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. We are now joined by Hifliday of AddictedToQuack.com. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us for the next uh, the next few minutes. Solid website name, by the way. We Thank were, you. We, we were cracking uh, up about that before we connected. I did not come up with it, but I am happy to uh, write for those guys. Everybody has the same comment, which is always good to hear. Sure. So, uh, obviously, folks here in Auburn, very excited about this matchup Saturday night. What's the kind of uh, general feeling out in uh, Eugene? Oh, pretty optimistic. Um, I, I think uh, obviously there's a bit of uh, hoping for revenge for the 2010 uh, national championship game. Right. Um, but also, I think uh, Oregon fans are really excited to see a lot of their new players. Um, it's there's been a lot of turmoil in Eugene uh, for the last uh, couple of seasons, which uh, Oregon fans are unused to. You know, they went something like 40 years with you know having a, a continuous line of coaches, and then all of a sudden Oregon hops on the, the coaching carousel, and there's yeah. a lot of chaos in terms of recruiting. And, and you could definitely I do, I do the film review for Oregon and, and you could definitely see the bald patches in the depth chart, uh, you know, after the last couple of uh, recruiting cycles under Mark Helfrich were, were real misses. And so, you know, going through 2018, they basically didn't have a senior class. You know, they were only playing with 72 scholarship athletes and, uh, you know, it was the lowest in the Pac-12, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and and you could tell, you know, you could tell that they had, you know, a bunch of, uh, of pretty good starters, uh, folks who had been playing since they were true freshmen, just like no senior leadership and those guys are finally seniors now uh, they should be providing that leadership and the 2018 2019 recruiting classes were just gangbusters uh, a lot of guys that i thought i'd you know never see in an oregon uniform and and we're all pretty excited to see how they play and 
uh, while we're talking about those guys who who are experienced and who are older, I mean, I think we got to start on the offensive line, a group that's being talked about as one of the best in the country. You know, it, in your opinion, is that warranted? Should I mean, do you expect this Oregon offensive line to be one of the best in the country? Uh, hard for me to say whether they'll be the best in the country. I can't do film study on 130 <laughs> FBS teams. Sure, but uh, I think they'll be pretty damn good. Um, there, uh, you know, there there are five guys, all of whom have been uh, experienced starters. The, the core of them, uh, Shane Lemieux, Jake Hansen, Calvin Throckmorton, have been playing since they were freshmen. This will be their fourth year. Um, Panay Sewell's uh, going to be a true sophomore. He had an incredible uh, uh, season uh, last year before he got injured, uh, and that's one of the, sort of the the big um, things I think sort of flew under the radar in terms of you know folks pulling their hair out trying to understand what was going on with Oregon in 2018 is that, you know, at the beginning of the season against uh, teams like Cal and Washington, who have just tremendous defenses, uh, you know, Oregon ran all over him behind Panay Sewell. And then he gets injured in the Washington game and Oregon's offense kind of grinds to a halt for a couple of games there. So everybody in Eugene is real excited to to see uh, Sewell, the left tackle and uh, the rest of the uh, the offensive line uh, take the field. I mean, obviously, the 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 main matchup in this game is that offensive line going up against the the defensive front of yeah, Auburn. Yeah, I mean, what's uh what's kind of been Oregon's perception of of Auburn's defensive front? Uh, well, I, it's funny you ask. I actually just published this morning my my review of uh, Auburn's uh, personnel. I, I watched mm-hmm. all of Auburn's uh, 20, uh, 2018 season, all thirteen games, and uh, and yeah, I I have no doubts at all that that's you know going to be the main matchup. I think that determines the outcome of the game. Um, uh, I, I am absolutely in love, obviously, with uh, Derek Brown, Nick Coe, and Marlon Davidson. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think in the structure of Auburn's defense, it's kind of interesting because you know it's a t- two tackle, one end, one buck, you know, four man front, and uh, you know, ton good depth at buck, good depth at the end with Coe and Davidson, and, and and Brown is phenomenal. What I'm really looking forward to see is you know what's the depth in Auburn's uh, defensive line going to look like, and what's the depth on Oregon's offensive line going to look like. You know, those are questions that you know we don't have the answers to yet, and I think we're going to find out. Yeah, sure, sure. So what do you think, just with watching that from an Oregon perspective, what do you think the weakness of this Auburn team is after watching last year? Uh, Well, just talking about the defense, uh, you know, I think everybody and their mother observed that the secondary had a tendency to give it some big plays. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I'd be a little bit worried about losing Jamel Dean. Uh, I think, you know, he's a pretty good, pretty good cornerback. Probably. Yeah, I mean, do you agree that he was probably the best defensive back that that Auburn fielded last year? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I think the draft kind of reflected that, too, yeah. So I think, um, you know, uh, other than, you know, who's playing next to Derek Brown, which, you know, it's a big question mark. I understand that Auburn's recruited uh, excellently. I just, you know, I want to see. Sure. Um, I I think that if there is a matchup problem for Auburn's defense, you know, it'll It'll be that question. Who's going to be covering Juwan Johnson, the uh, the just absolutely enormous transfer from Penn State? That Mm -hmm. was one of the big flaws in Oregon's uh, offense last year. They came in number 31 in S&P Plus, but I felt like they could have been a lot higher if they just had uh, more than one reliable receiver. Mm -hmm. And uh, and with the guys that they brought in, I mean, it's like a dozen four stars of the last two seasons uh, um, in the receiving positions. 
uh, who none of basically none of whom saw the field in 2018. Those are the guys I'm most excited to see. And I think there might be a matchup problem with um, with uh, Davis and Igbenogany. Um, they're a little shorter than Dean. Uh, I love their speed, but mm-hmm. you know I was seeing. I was seeing some mistakes there from McMonogan. He's a converted wide receiver, right? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see that matchup. I, I think there might be some some uh, hate we made for Oregon there. And while we're talking about this Oregon offense, my understanding just from the, the research I've done and from watching football last season, I mean, there were times when, when the Oregon offense really, really struggled. Oh, yeah. And we, you know, obviously Justin Herbert is probably going to be a top five pick, but I, I I'm struggling to see the to see this Oregon offense going from last year where there were times when it seemed like it, it couldn't move the ball at all to being this this vaunted offense with like you said very limited experience at wide receiver. Um, we we talked about the offensive line and how good they should be, but I, I guess my question here is what do you think about that? Are you on board with these expectations or do you think that they need to be tempered a little bit after what we saw last season? I think eh, I'm sort of 50 50 on that question. Um, I, I always, you know, counsel anybody who will ask me a question like lower your expectations. dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I saw, you know, FPI and a couple other advanced stats metrics had Oregon favored in every game. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, you know, like I said, having done the film review uh, of Oregon, it is very clear the extent to which, you know, the offensive line injuries and installing a completely new scheme um, for the first year. Uh, uh, last year affected this team, um, uh, you know, lost in the noise about Justin Herbert uh, is the fact that it's a run first offense. Um, and, you know, it's a it's a, a pretty different scheme, uh, probably, a, a, you know, a fundamental transformation to probably the most iconic offense of the Pac-12 over the last decade. And I, somehow it didn't get as much coverage as I thought it should. Um, it, you know, it is a run first power scheme. You know, the halfback dive out of the pistol formation is probably the, you know, primary efficiency, you know, bread and butter play. And it, it was just something, you know, it was a new offensive scheme that got installed. And you saw that at times. And you saw, you know, when they couldn't run on first down, uh, particularly in the Wazoo and the Arizona games, you know, you saw how that affected the, the offense. You know, they're accustomed to getting into second and short situations and then having the entire playbook in front of them, you know, being able to take the top off or go for another efficiency play or a sweep or, you know, do whatever. And what happened in the games that you're mentioning when Oregon's, you know, offense created and burn is that they weren't getting anything on first down runs. So that's, you know, the primary thing that I'm going to be watching for on Saturday is, you know, how does Oregon do running the ball on first down? If they're getting three, four yards on a consistent basis, even though that's not too sexy, right? Like a a lot of Oregon fans are used to the Chip Kelly offense and, you know, breaking a touchdown every other run. Uh, What I'm looking for is, uh, you know, are CJ Verdell and Travis Dye and the other Oregon running backs, are they getting, you know, that four yard push on, on first down? Because if they are, then I'm pretty comfortable with, where the offense is at. If they're not, then it might be a long day. Earlier this week at Malzahn's weekly press conference, he mentioned Oregon having two running backs, and I assume it's the two that he were referring to, the two that you just listed. I mean, do, do they both kind of do the same thing, or, or you know, are, are they used differently as far as uh, as a tandem? They're fairly similar in running style. Um, What's interesting is that Oregon's running back room has gotten really deep um, uh, with some guys who are exciting to see. So we did we haven't seen much out of uh, Darren Felix, um, who's you know really exciting guy. Uh, uh, He's 
uh, that different kind of runner. Um, and it, it simply remains to be seen, you know, what he'll, how he'll be used, if at all. I, you know, one of those things I'm excited about because I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, there's also a crazy stat about Cyrus Habibilikio, who was used as Oregon's short yardage uh, specialist. And about halfway through the year, you know, he'd carried the ball seven times and had six touchdowns. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so, and, and there's a few other guys that I'm, you know, I'm just excited about it. Sean dollars was the, one of the huge gets the recruiting class and we'll see if he'll play as a freshman. Um, yeah, it's an interesting room. I'm not sure if you saw this or not, but Auburn's official depth chart for the game came out yesterday. And, uh, as long as we're talking about running backs, Auburn listed six starting running backs. Does yeah, I saw that. That was pretty crazy. Does that worry you at all heading into this game? It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to talk tough to stop six starting running backs. Well, I, I I trust that not all six will be carrying the ball simultaneously. Like it won't be five offensive linemen and six running backs, I hope. Um uh, I, I expect that, uh, Booby Whitlow is going to get, you know, most of the carries. Yeah. I think he's pretty much yeah. eclipsed Cam Martin, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and what I'm interested to see is if, um, he's able to catch the ball a little more reliably out of the backfield. You could, you could tell that was a big part of the offense, especially because the wide receiver core for Auburn, you know, there's some issues, I guess we'll put it that way. And, uh, having a, having a running back who can reliably ca- catch the ball out of the backfield, I think would really open up Auburn's offense. Talking about Herbert's offensive weapons that we'll see Saturday. Uh, I know Auburn fans have kind of, you know, been throwing around some articles where uh, I know there's an Oregon receiver that's missing the first few weeks of the year. And then also uh, y'all's talented tight end is, uh, I don't think he's practiced yet. Is that right? I mean, kind of give us an update on, you know, who Auburn folks should expect to be throwing the football on Saturday. Yeah, the the tight end situation is interesting. Um, Cam McCormick uh, was behind Jacob Breland going into, uh, you know, in 2017. And 2018, he had sort of eclipsed uh, Breland in camp. McCormick trots out in the very first game. I think it was the third play of the game and he breaks his leg. And is that? Yeah, I know. You hate that for anybody, man. That's terrible. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, there's there's sort of injury issues up and down. You know, Breland's had a back problem. Cam McCormick has had this leg issue. Um, and so we haven't really gotten good answers. I, I suppose if I were an Auburn fan, you know, I'd be saying like, Oregon's not going to field any tight ends at all. They're all in the, <laughs> in the <laughs> hospital. Um, yeah. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Uh, on the other hand, you know, entirely possible that, you know, both those guys plus Ryan Bay plus uh, perhaps Spencer Webb, um, uh, get out there and 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 play incredibly. Uh, I just don't know the answer to that question. We'll have to see. Sure. And, and as far as uh, as far as wide receivers, I mean, who who do you expect Herbert to go to early and often in this game? Probably Juwan Johnson. Um, he's just enormous. Like he's listed as like six three, but I, I've seen him in person and he's like six seven. Like I, he just looks yeah. much taller than he is. Um, and. 
And uh, I would expect, you know, given the way that he uh, he focused pretty heavily on Dylan Mitchell, he sort of it, it seems like he likes one reliable guy that he gets a connection with. Mm-hmm. That said, his receiving core outside of Dylan Mitchell last year um, was not great. Uh, There's, you know, some pretty significant drops problem, pretty significant you know issues getting separation. And uh, Brendan Schooler, I believe, is the uh, wide receiver that you mentioned who's out with a, a foot injury for the first couple of weeks. Um, uh, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. Schooler's an interesting cat. Oregon fans love him. He was a converted safety. He sort of, you know, he played in that nightmare 2016 season. And, and anybody who did is like a fan hero in Eugene for like sticking with the program and sure. doing what was necessary. Schooler was a possession receiver and had a real difficult time getting separation. And, you know, to the extent that, uh, you know, that that Oregon's wide receiver core sort of opens up some of these new exciting four stars that came in in the last couple of classes, it, you know, nobody wants to say, thank God he got injured. That's, you know, a monstrous, horrible thing to say. Right. But the the idea that like, well, let's see how these four stars do. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I can't deny that there's a sense of excitement about it, um, about Josh Delgado, about Brian Addison um, and some of these other, uh, uh, you know, guys. It, it was definitely the the thing in 2018 that Oregon fans were, were, were throwing their hats on the ground and screaming about. It's like, you know, catch the damn ball. And we've we've brought up and touched on the, the the younger guys on Oregon's team a couple times now, and if I'm not mistaken, Oregon had a, a top two recruiting class coming in. Um, you know that's going to be freshmen this season. Uh, I know on uh, Auburn is starting a true freshman at quarterback. It looks like there's going to be a true freshman linebacker that gets a, quite a bit of playing time for Auburn. What do you expect from from this uh, this group of freshmen? Coming into this game, coming into this season, well, the wide receivers we talked about. So let's um, let's talk about the defense. Um, the one of the big issues that Oregon had in 2018 was, you know, Troy Dye, the inside linebacker that I'm I'm sure everybody's aware of now. He's he's led Oregon in tackles for three years running. Is another one of those fan heroes from 2016. Um, the guy playing next to him for the last couple of years has been a walk on, Kalana Pelu. Uh, I I love him to pieces. He's a smart guy. If we lived in a just world, the football fairy would visit him and grant him six more inches of height and 40 pounds of muscle. <laughs> But we don't live in a just world, and he would get run over a lot. So I'm really excited to see um, the guy next to him probably be Isaac Slade Matuatia. That guy is big. And uh, uh, there's a couple other you know, pretty exciting guys. Uh, Mace Funa um, came in the last class, and he – for a guy his size – I mean he looks like a defensive tackle, and he, he runs like a cornerback. I mean if that guy's on the field, if he's ready to play, I just look out um, – and there's a few more to filling out the, the the linebacker class. DJ Johnson has everybody pretty excited. Um, Adrian Jackson, we saw a little bit of last year. He's uh, pretty exciting. A lot of new faces. Um, and on top of that, it's a new defensive scheme. Uh, Andy Avalos from Boise State. Uh, uh, I did film review of the guy in 2017 because Oregon played Boise State in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. And I was really impressed. Uh, that is a crazy defensive front. They run everything from a one-man to a five-man front, even odd, one-gap, two gap uh they stem before the snap i mean it's some wild wild stuff hifliday a, a big storyline all off season for auburn has been who's going to start a quarterback obviously uh, i'm sure you know they are starting a true freshman in yep. bo nix obviously i mean if you're if you're attacking a freshman you're going to want to try to confuse them early and often uh, what do you think oregon's going to do defensively to kind of limit and and make the freshman uncomfortable 
Well, my analysis of Auburn's offensive line uh, in pass protection is that I liked Winogo and Driscoll, the tackles, um, uh, protecting around the edges. Uh, I, I thought that was pretty good and, and especially impressive because Driscoll, I think, was a transfer from UMass, right? Right. Yep. Um, I thought the interior of the line, um, on the other hand, was uh, something of a liability in pass protection. It was pretty um, bad, yeah. Uh, and, and it's true that some of that is that Caleb Kim got, got injured and was out for five games and Brahms was really a step down. But, you know, frankly, even when Kim got back, I, I wasn't real thrilled with, um, yeah. the interior of the protection. So Sounds about I right. would, uh, so I would expect it, you know, uh, it, it's not, it's not too, uh, a crazy original, but I, I think Oregon probably, you know, if a, if a, a dummy amateur like me can identify it i'm fairly sure that oregon's defensive staff will identify it too and, and probably try to bring a lot of pressure up the middle mm -hmm. um and 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 the question will be like let's uh, you know the, the question that i have is let's see how well nicks throws on the move i i understand in high school that was sort of his thing right um and, and i'd like to see it you know i'd like to see plays in which he's flush from the pocket and we get to you know find out okay how well do you improvise how do well do you prevent you know keep yourself from making mistakes in that situation because you know, that as a true freshman, you know, that would be the you know thing that I'd be worried about most is, you know, under the, the bright lights for the first time uh, and in a situation like that, you know, potential for a lot of mistakes. That was a sort of an uh, I think about Jared Stidham's game, you know, his accuracy sort of took a dip in 2018. Um, but I think an underappreciated part of his game was how well he ran Auburn's option offense, because there's a lot of potential for catastrophic mistakes in that. You know, you know, if you make the wrong read, if you make the wrong toss, if you get, you know, blitzed and aren't expecting it, uh, there's a potential for that to turn into a scoop and score, you know, single back offense. There's nobody else back there. And that's, you know, that's the, you know, I want to find out what's between Nick's ears. Uh, I want to, I want to see if he's going to make mistakes under pressure or not. Yeah. Just a little, uh, fun statistic for Bo Nix's high school career. I think in his five years starting as a varsity quarterback, he got sacked four times. Wow. That's, so, that speaks to a lot of escapability. Yeah, and I think it was zero times his senior year. So huh. That's crazy. Yeah, if there's one thing that I'm also excited to see, it is how well that is going to translate into uh, into college. Um, last question for you. Sure. The, the number one recruit in the country, uh, defensive end Thibodeau, I believe, right? Is he playing? Yep. Uh, I believe he will be playing. I'm a little surprised he's not going to be playing for LSU with a name like Thibodeau, but <laughs> right. – uh, uh, yes, I believe that he'll play. Uh, he's a pretty exciting guy um, and, and sort of in a, a similar body mold to, to two of the guys that Oregon will probably be missing the most um, from last year, Jalen Jelks and Justin Hollins, who went to the NFL. Um, that kind of like lean but super powerful long pass rusher. Yeah, uh, this is going to be pretty exciting to see and I think uh, fits into Andy Avalos' scheme really well. Man, thank you so much for spending the, the last 20 minutes or so with us. Tell people where they can uh, kind of get an Oregon perspective of, of everything that's happening uh, through game day. Uh, I write for the site Addicted to Quack. Uh, we have a lot of Auburn coverage this week. Uh, I hope fair. Uh, I just put up an article this morning reviewing uh, Auburn's personnel. And uh, later in the week, I'll have a film study uh, review with uh, video clips and uh, breaking down the structure of Auburn's offense and defense. Um, I'm really excited for it. And I hope everybody checks it out. Man, thank you so much. Take care. I mean, that was good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought that was a really, really good interview. He said a lot of interesting things. I'm, I'm very glad. I wish we would have had him on earlier in the uh, in the summer. I definitely, I think yeah. we could have benefited from that. But me too. Oh well. He said some really interesting stuff. Uh, the the thing that stuck out to me the most was um, 
were his comments about Auburn's receiving core. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, we've been, you know, you and I and, and the other people around the office, the, the sports show guys, I mean, the wide receiving core has been something that we've all been super high on, uh, I think, all, the whole offseason. And one of the things he said was that it was a problem last year. And it's kind of making me think maybe we've been uh, maybe we've been too high. Maybe we've been our, in our little bubble. Yeah, that stood out to me as well. And then it's I thought it was kind of fitting the way he described the offensive line. It's mm-hmm. kind of what we've been saying. So a little bit of confirmation on that. Yep. Um, and I kind of knew where he was going because you know Tega and Driscoll have been fine. It's it's all about you know can you protect can you protect the interior and mm-hmm. that's that's a big part of that. And I will not be surprised if Oregon attacks that like uh, like you said. But well, cool man. You can follow Michael on Twitter at CouchPatTato. And I will say, while we've been recording, if you listen to the beginning of the show, um, we gave a little update on the fantasy leagues. But while we've been recording, more people, more people on. have hopped on. So now we are up to 17 confirmed teams. Wow. So three more spots. If you've, got a, if you've got an invite, sign up. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.